Hider, and welcome there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed that up. I was so excited about it. I forgot welcome. for a minute, and then I was like, oh, she did it again. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to an all new episode of Wicked Unscripted, where we have unscripted conversations about some of the most popular reality shows on television. My name is Abigail Adams. I am your host for this podcast, bringing the mic a little closer to me. Apologies. Joining me today, as always, is the lovely Sarah Talks Big Brother, uh, talking traders again today. Uh, we're back to discuss episode six, right ahead of what should be an insane episode seven. But like, I just want to start this conversation off by saying, this episode deserves all the awards. All the awards. I mean, yeah. Do you know like how they do those like teen choice? Do they still do those like kids' choice awards? Teen choice with like oh, the yeah, random totally. ass award. I want to give an award to like the biggest what the fuck moment. <laughs> um, because I can't wait to get into this. I have so many thoughts. I'm so I'm gonna be angry spice today, I'm sure, because I'm just I kept thinking, what was the reason? What was the reason? And and the exit interviews gave me nothing. And the reason is Dan, as we knew him, no longer exists. I think that version of Dan actually died at Dan's funeral. And I don't know if I, we I actually realized it. I think it. that's accurate. Or, or... I saw this on Twitter and I was like, God, I, can I just live in that delusion that this is true? I don't know if you saw this, but someone said, what if, just hear me out, that this is all Dan's elaborative plan to take the the iconicness off of himself so that he could go back into the Big Brother house as not Dan the winner. <laughs> I, I would believe it if he didn't tell multiple people that he was considering calling it quits for reality television as a whole yeah i know i don't know what i don't know what right there is really the only logical explanation any of us can grasp onto as to like why the fuck why the actual fuck but um yeah i'm, I'm excited to get into it i mean this episode should be named what the actual fuck and we, yeah there we, we go left... there's our quote actually our quote is uh dan can go to hell because that was the quote from the episode <laughs> well so just to remind people where we left off um in the last episode dan was getting pegged at the round table um especially by bergy and uh peter like they were hounding him and they were really 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 confident that they may be onto a traitor and even afterward Bergie was like literally looked Dan in the eyes and said you are on my bulletin board like I want to get you <laughs> not the best move we talked about that um so Dan going into the turret is like I gotta get some of this heat off of me this is not going well um I think that's mistake number one is wanting so desperately to make an obvious move like this um the mistake number two was targeting somebody who potentially had a shield because as you may or may not remember from the last episode only six people had an opportunity to get the shield because they competed outside in the bird challenge versus inside uh when the time came to reveal who had the shields the people who were outside were like we're actually not going to tell you guys we're going to keep this to ourselves and we're going to let you guys who are on the inside figure it out. And the traders were not smart by keeping them all inside and having absolutely no control over where the shields go or who 
any knowledge about the shields. I think that this was interesting for multiple reasons. Um, I liked the strategy, but I hope that the show, because we know traders is known to switch it up. They don't just rinse and repeat their challenges or their twists or anything like last year. They got armory passes and then that was just an opportunity to get a shield. Whereas this one, they're like, they're out there. There's just shields right there in the field. You just see one, you grab one. There's they're hiding in these scarecrows or whatever. So they they they're known for their flexibility and being able to switch it up. I hope what this can do and the drama that this brought can encourage the show to give us more anonymous shields, meaning like opportunities for um the the players to win shields anonymously and keep choose to share it or choose to keep it to themselves um i think that there's a lot of strategy that that could bring in so that's really what i'm like my big takeaway from uh peter's master plan of it all oh peter um, yeah, they definitely should have picked somebody from the inside of the castle. But they are doing this weird thing. Like, I haven't seen this before where they're just kind of, like, taking turns. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I got to kill the last one. You get to pick. This one's yours. This one's your. Like, they're not collaborating very much on these killings. No. And it just seems like it fell down to, like, Dan's like, okay, it's my turn. I want Bergy. And. Yep. Go on. They're like, okay. <laughs> one of the things that I also want to point out is. Though Parvati did ultimately go along with this as a traitor, she did raise a red flag saying, like, and this was in the last episode, being like, uh, it might not be the truth. How do we know that this is the truth? Uh, and, like, she's, like, having her whole, like, survivor instinct kind of go up. And Dan is just so, like, I genuinely think he was blinded by, I'm trying to find, well, he was blinded. I've been trying to figure out like the exact because he was blinded by so much. He was blinded by his ability to play the game or what he thought. He thought his his skill set was just going to outlast others. Um, I think he underestimated. I mean, this is another example of underestimating Peter. He admitted to it in postmortem. He's like, yup, I, I, uh, I should have given him more credit. It's like we've been screaming at you since episode one about that. He's been on to you since episode one and you didn't give him credit. That's one of the biggest flaws, in my opinion, in in his game. And why I feel like it, it should have been obvious as somebody who's a big gamer that going for somebody on the on the outside who may have had the shield wasn't a smart move. Yes. I mean, I I feel like Peter lucked into this plan working. Yeah. I'm still very much on totally. the the camp of like Peter's getting a mastermind edit here, but I don't think, I think this is very much him just carrying Janelle's baton. Janelle gave him very, we know now like what she told him, what they talked about. And he very much believed her and put a lot of faith in her. So I feel like once now he's flushed out, Dan, I feel like Peter's going to fizzle out. Um, I don't, We'll get into the rest of this episode. I just don't see him at the end here. I don't see oh, no. him being this gamer mastermind that he is being edited out to be. I think that this was a plan that could have blew up in his face tremendously. <clears throat> and he very much lucked out that it didn't. Um, but this was, these were fails on everybody's parts, I believe. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, why my one of my questions that i want to know from parvati is like 
why did you let this go if you had that red flag? Because I heard that and I was like, yes, yes, good. Because it incriminates her too. I know, I know. It's it, like, it is it is incriminating her too and it's detrimental to her game too. She should have fought harder. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand this like hands-off approach, like just passing the killings, you know, through, or, you know, round robining it. I don't get mm -hmm. it because it affects your, your decision up in the turret affects all three of you. And yeah. I feel like she's just a really, I think maybe she was blinded by like, this is Dan. He knows what the fuck he's doing. And I'm just going to, you know, I think she maybe just doubted herself in this moment. So I think they've both been blinded by each other's reputations at points yes. in the game anyways. So I think that's a really, really valid point because it's like, I mean, it's not even just like, oh, it's his reputation necessarily. It's like, oh, well, if he has been able to concoct this and maneuver out of this and think this there is legitimate evidence to, to suggest that he can be trusted in a decision like this. Um, I think because she hasn't seen, um, I think I've heard, I can't remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure she hasn't seen big brother much. Like she knows about him, but hasn't like watched like us. It's like, I don't think she understands just like he didn't understand the depths of how sinister Parvati can get. She did not understand the depths of how cocky and narrow minded Dan can get when it comes to his game. Yeah, no, I, no. I, I yeah. I'm I, totally I, a better word. minded is not what I'm looking for for Dan. And I, no. I tell you, I have been looking all week for this word. I don't know what it like. I'm sure I'll just like shit it out sometime. In this Overly episode. confident. <laughs> like, yeah, I think like it's over. I think he's overly confident. And severely underestimating the other players in the house. I'm literally going to pull up a thesaurus and just look up <laughs> fucking synonyms for cocky. I and think see he's if the high right on word. his own supply. Yeah. Arrogant, conceited, vain. Vain. That's a that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. But um, and, and the last one I'll say, because it's right above overconfident, is presumptuous. Which I think is actually that's a great that's a yeah that's a good one. So, thank you, Thesaurus, for that one. <laughs> for the help. But I think it really actually did kind of help, like add a little bit of, like meat to what I should have said. Should have done that beforehand. But um, yeah, I think watching Dan's downfall. I mean, were we ever watching him climb? I, I was trying to be like, oh, when did the downfall start? It's like, did he ever actually like reach a peak? No. Like no, I feel like played this game poorly from start to finish. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was messy when they got to breakfast because obviously they um, selected Bergie to be murdered. Jesus Christ, I can't get words out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a so So yeah, they all come into breakfast, and um, Kate, Parvati, and Sheree. Yeah, they were the first ones in, but then they all start to trickle in. But then Peter gets in, and Berkey's not even in the room yet. They're not even not even just Berkey missing, but then there's a couple of them. And he's just like, "Dude, our plan fucking worked," and he's like doing all this like shit. I'm like, "Dude, like you're doing it's too much. so much." And it throughout the episode too, I just feel like you are begging to be murdered. Like begging for it at this point. And a good traitor 
could easily turn these behaviors around to accuse him of being a traitor. They're not being very good at that and picking up on that, but he's giving you all the evidence. If anyone were to accuse anyone of being so extra, leading the charge, no one from his alliance has been murdered um, or banished, and he is doing the most, Peter is such an easy sell as a traitor. And he just keeps giving them more and more and more evidence. And just I'm waiting for the moment, whether it's a traitor or a faithful, for all this shit to bite him in the ass. Because, like, he just keeps beating into it. Yeah, you can see this is where his naivete kind of comes in. Yeah. Where he is just, like, I mean, he's really confident. I mean, he has learned from one of the best how to pull off a good move. So I think he's riding his own little level of arrogance and cockiness right now yeah. going into this. So it's literally like the battle of the big heads right now. <laughs> Dan versus Peter. Um, and I mean, throughout all of this, Dan is also picking up on the fact that this might not be going his way. Yeah. Um, still not necessarily like convinced, but obviously on the edge of his seat because they know that there's the opportunity that this might not pull through. Who do you um, think would have been the best option to murder this week? Not Bergie. Sorry. What was the question? If you are Dan Parvati and Phaedra. Jesus. Now I have to think about all of the jad. Because I'm torn. I, I've thought about this a lot. And I really think obviously somebody from inside the castle. Yes. Um, But if you go after Sandra. Okay. You could go after Sandra. Yeah. Her name's been thrown at the round table a few times. But you still have the opportunity to one. Get someone out that was inside the castle. And two. Not somebody in Peter's alliance. So that you could still look inward at that, the faithful of the faithfuls group, um, because still one of them isn't gone. Not to mention knocking her out would be knocking out one of the strongest faithfuls in terms of who can deduct yes. who a traitor is and who's not. And uh, it was between that and John, because John is kind yeah. of on the outskirts the other of the faithfuls of the faithfuls. Mm -hmm. But you also want to weaken Peter's numbers. So you could do that and still sell that it's someone within that group, someone from inside the house. And you're still taking out this, like, we'll call it what we know in Big Brother. It's like a, this super alliance this like you know right. onions <laughs> yeah and he he's still kind of on the outside of that so that would be an easy shot too um that would still help their game still you know leave suspicion out there you know and and, and not feed into this this plan at all but like yeah i just think that the ball was fumbled all around here yep so after bergy comes through and it's just like oh wasn't murdered um peter reveals his plan and like he, this is very much you can see his head inflating <laughs> hypothetically in this moment and he's revealed in this moment that uh parvati dan and ct were the three people that he lied to about the shield um and i mean all three did get defensive <clears throat> but parv and dan were far more defensive than ct um a lot of people picked up on it too. Like they did. It's just, if anything, if, if Parvati wanted to escape this without getting thrown under a bus, 
oh, Jesus, my thoughts are not going today. You know <laughs> my brain is just like fucking mush right now. They both just really didn't do themselves favors no. by being so obvious with their reactions like it's one thing to be defensive and no one's saying don't because like obviously we, when you get pegged to be a traitor parvati was even saying this like it leaves a salty taste in your mouth and obviously you're gonna like fight back but you do have to kind of also like weigh how upset you end up getting because you don't want to give yourself away as a possible traitor yeah. um and i feel like she came to that conclude like she talked about that at the round table it's like where was that at breakfast though because that was the reaction i was personally hoping for um when it came to how her how she and dan were going to deal with this and i'm just like surprised that again she had it in her head she was like there's a chance this isn't going to work how did they not come up with some sort of plan they had the opportunity in the turret before they even signed it to come up with a backup plan. Like, hey, here's what we do in case this backfires on us. Like, what's what's the excuse? Um, how can we bounce? You cheer that Bergalicious came in the room. But, like, they didn't even... Ugh, everything was just so off. The only everything. person who did it right was Phaedra. Again. But apparently, Bergalicious was offensive to Dan. <laughs> problematic yes problematic sorry word, yeah. wrong word yeah oh my gosh um yeah i mean well i absolutely loved that um we go into the challenge and kate so accurately clocked it that alan is making kate you know pay penance for her performance in the hill last year <laughs> oh my god which yeah. is so funny because my neighbors who I just got into the traders they're on season one right now. And they came over for dinner on Sunday and I was like, Hey, where are you at in the traders? And they told me, I was like, do you want to watch the next episode over dinner? And they're like, yeah. So we turned it on and it was that episode. It's the Hill episode with Kate and she's ah! just tossing the barrels and just like, just walking and they are dying laughing. They're like, why is she just like on a leisurely stroll when everybody's trying to get these like barrels because that last season, it was the barrels, um, the whiskey barrels, all different sizes, big ones, small ones or whatever that they had to get across the finish line. And these little barrels were 600 bucks. And Kate would like occasionally be told to pick them up. And she got tired of carrying them. So like as they're walking up the hill, she's just casually strolling. She's like just tossing one left and right. Um, we don't know why. We, we don't know why other than it's Kate just being Kate. But now she we're cut to this season. She's back and we're back at the hill. We're going to have to cross the river again. We're going to have to go and do up the hill and do all the things, but they're putting together a catapult and I'm here for it. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, just same kind of challenge, just different version. Instead of like collecting money along the way, they're just getting a catapult together by the end of the Pieces time. of a catapult and then the boxes for potential to get a shield yes so and i really this like point, that they just had shields in the challenge at this point now they're kind of mimicking last year where these boxes would give you the opportunity to get a shield right and i really like this part just because like it, it it does leave it up to chance rather than somebody's just ahead in the challenge and they can just grab it i like that but did, can we just talk trishel for a second because oh, God, i yes. was dying her and kevin trying to cross this river she clocks the shield box and she all but like pushes him into the river because so she's like fuck you i need the shield like she just Dick went arm. after it because they're like <laughs> they're walking in tandem together trying to cross the river she sees it and she's like well fuck you and then like linebacker mode like literally <laughs> 
did not give a fuck. It was like mine. <laughs> like good for her though. Good um, for her. Good for her. But wow, wow. Oh, I loved it so much. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, uh, she was one of the people that grabbed one of the ammo boxes. You also had uh, uh, Peter, big that Peter got one. Um, yeah. Parvati, also big. Um, and then we also had uh, Sandra and Sheree. <clears throat> at the end of the challenge which they completed and they got their money shocker um they the those five had an opportunity to launch the catapult wait no rewind because we also need to talk so when they were going up the hill everyone had to kind of come together to like get the catapult up the hill so these shield boxes other people were carrying them and kate ended up with one yes and she takes it over by Alan, and Alan says, like, all you have to do is whoever puts the box on the haystacks is the owner of that shield. So she had Peter's box in her hands, standing right priceless. next to the hay bales, and she's just like, should I? I don't know. I And, she, and Peter clocks it, and he ditches everybody else to come and get the box from her so he can place it. And in the meantime, like, you don't know. She could very well just, like, turn. All she had to do is like just turn and place it, and then that would be hers. And she's like, you know what? Like going after a shield, just it just comes off as desperate. And she just tosses the box to the grass to the side of it <laughs> for Peter. And I loved this because this was so perfectly like Kate that I'm not here to win. I'm not here to play. I'm just here to fuck y'all shit up. And yeah, this is why we love the casting choice. We we were happy to see her return. She was fun last season. She's fun this season. I think she's even more fun this season. Oh, she's she's way more fun this season. I wish we got her on day one. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I before we went on to like them, you're fine. That was just oh, clearly. If you guys have not picked up already, I'm recording just like absolutely like zonked right now. Like (laughs) after a seven hour, eight hour shift. Polly. It's an early recording for us too. It is a very early recording. <laughs> Usually I get time for my brain to like unwind. Um and if you saw um eh, you can check out my social media and see what I did at work today. We had a lot of shit going on. So uh So anyway, they have to like launch the catapult. Now I'm assuming Correct. there's no um skill involved here. Because they're not like moving the catapult around. You don't pull. You just pull the, the rope. The only skill I can think it, think of is how fast you pull the rope, or Maybe. where what where you grab the rope when you pull. Mm, okay. um, those are the only two factors I can really think of. But they didn't really give us a good angle of that to like kind of see. So it's just if they want to do something like this again moving forward, great idea. Not saying don't, but like we need to be able to see those variables and be able to kind of like like be like where did short like I mean it can be a total crapshoot. I'm okay with that too. Oh no, totally. But um, I think there are things we can look at where it's like somebody's like I placed my hand close to the thing because yeah. I thought I had to, but somebody else is like I decided to place my hand at the back of the rope because. But let's blah, be blah, honest, blah. you and I are probably one of the very few geeks that want to know that kind of shit or even care. Shut up, Sarah. <laughs> But yeah, like I would, I would be interested in hearing that stuff. Hey, yes. do you, did you ever build a catapult in school? Was that ever one of y'all's assignments in history? It wasn't in history. It was science. It was part of like the fulcrum 
like the the different kind of things like oh jesus christ i would not be smarter than a i don't know it's been like 40 million years since i was in high school but yeah i do yep. very distinctly remember a project where we had to build catapults from like things around our house and then we all went into the school parking lot and like tested them and launched them and had like a little contest with it and so this is it just brought me back to that i was like oh coach elliot actually <laughs> trying to think so elementary school we learned no and elementary school in fifth grade we learned like um like the fulcrums and all that kind of stuff and then in seventh grade we like built them and like we built like catapults for our own greek olympics and it was so much fun <laughs> i actually forgot about that until you mentioned your project so give me a little flashback i know well fun. my kid just my oldest just had a very similar project in middle school and i was like oh I remember. So I was like, is this one of those things that like every school does, like the hand turkeys in kindergarten? So anyway, Probably. I digress. <laughs> yep. So um, so we when we're wrapping up this challenge again, um, I'll go back to what I accidentally started too early before. Um uh five people ended up getting the shield ammo placed on the little stacks of hay. Um, and so those people were Sheree, Sandra, Parvati, Trishel, and Peter, almost Kate. Um this really, in my opinion, was a golden opportunity for, like, so Peter did not win. This was, like, the golden opportunity for Dan to go after Peter. <clears throat> Excuse me. And not even just Dan. Like, Parvati, too. I feel like it at, at the at the round table, not necessarily talking about the murder. Like, having him totally naked without a shield going into that round table, if they could concoct the story early... I feel like that would have been a smarter move than what was ultimately pulled. Um, and I just looked at that. I was like, this is the, like how much better of an opportunity could Dan ask for to get one of his biggest faithful, pro like problematic faithfuls out of the game. It was mm -hmm. right in his lap. Sheree ended up getting it, by the way. Um, but Peter did not. And like I was sitting there and I'm like, this is it. This is the golden opportunity. He just got handed the chance to at least get one of them out. It, well, at least, I know he wants Bergie's head on a platter, but why not go for Peter? Like Peter was in, um, I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, right before they get to the round table, they have a moment, they being Peter and Dan, <clears throat> that reminds me so much of the conversation between Dan and Frank after Dan's funeral Listen. when it's literally just like, like we're friends, this, right? Can we work this whole like, episode? <sighs> this whole episode was Dan's funeral relaunched. And as we all know, this was Dan's episode, uh, Dan's funeral too. Like this a little hint of the uh, nomination roulette thro thrown in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, this this was Dan's Big Brother, the sequel. And if we know anything about sequels is that they never land like the original. And that's what we were looking at. They're here. usually way worse. Yeah. Actually. So like that's that was the vibe. That was everything about every conversation he had was kind of like. And y'all, like you can go back and listen to Wicked and Scripted and the, my our covers this season. I'm a big fan of Dan, the player. <laughs> I had high expectations. I've been trying to check those expectations throughout. And even on 
in my wildest dreams, like even if I were to be object, like Dan's been out of it for so long, my lowest expectations were here and he still managed to hit the floor. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how to, to best describe this. Like he, I can't think, I can think of about 20 not great big brother players that could have played this better than or would have done this better than he did so it it is wild to me it is absolutely wild to me and that's why i go back to like there's that theory where like maybe he just wants to look like he's terrible for future reality shows i don't know but like <laughs> it would be there's no damn. other logical explanation for why he would go about this the way he did in these conversations that he was having with peter and then he would like just i just need you to listen to me i just no you should have been putting the names in there. Now, he did say after the fact in his like exit interviews that he just didn't want Phaedra to have any whiff of this happening. He wanted to catch her completely off guard. Cool. Don't go after Phaedra. Like, what Don't was, like, he's missing that. That was the point that I felt like he kept missing when people were, like, asking him in these interviews. And he's just like, well, my point. And it's like they're not necessarily asking you to explain like what like the process of how you wanted to get her out why the fuck was like it's just it felt like it was a lot a lot of like song and dance around like the decision like he, this this could have been move? this could have been so easy it could have been phaedra versus i mean uh, parvati versus dan and it could have been close or it could have been a landslide parvati but there is no universe where the first time Phaedra's name is thrown out is from you, who the whole house is like dead set and ready to write your name on that chalkboard. You're going into this doing the one per for, for the very yeah. first time. You're never floating this name out. You've never said it previously. You're, you have no other plan than just to blindside the whole house with the person they least expect and expect everyone just to be like, oh, you know what? Come to think of it. You're three points of nothingness. But like there's what he should have been doing, even if he didn't want to float a name out and he was doing it and all these, like we thought it's still Parvati. It's still Parvati. Cause he could have been saying like, I just, he didn't want Parvati to know that he was taking the shot and he didn't want her to be prepared for that. You know, like that would have made right. sense. But if you were taking the longest long shot you could possibly, you, he might as well have accused fucking Alan of being a traitor. <laughs> Literally, because that honestly back. would probably be more believable than selling them on Phaedra. Like, surprise, Cerise's been in the turret with us the whole time, and like she's standing right behind you. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> what? I in 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 a in, if the timing was correct, this would have been epic. Like, if there were even sniffs around Phaedra, sniffs would have made more sense would have had a platform to really peg both her and in parvati which is what he did with his little speech which we'll go over in a second but what's killing me too is now he's saying his ex interviews that they were all telling him they were everyone was ready to write parvati's name down so then why he not just, go for it then huh to your point so then why not just go for it then yeah they were all saying like just confirm parvati just just if if she's the one you're talking about we're ready to vote for her I just, th these are the moments I really want the live feeds. I really just want to know like, what yeah, happened. That would be like, I'm just, there's something, <clears throat> there's something that's not, not And to answer sense. everybody's question, 
because it was on everybody's mind, the why of it all, when the the one time in these interviews where he really kind of actually spoke as to why Phaedra over Parvati, it was more because he wanted to work with Parvati and be working with her since day one. Cool. Cool story, cool. bro. Like, that's, that's not, we don't get to pick and choose everything when it comes to being on a reality show. Like, um, you, you're, you are on the chopping block. That This is it. This is, you are going home. And they are telling you, your way to not go home is to tell us that the person you think it is, is Parvati. And he's like, nah. I think it goes to the arrogance thing where he's just like, I think I can not only outsmart them, but like convince them. It's like you have to do you have to first outsmart them before you can even convince them of your argument. And if you can't achieve the first part, you can't achieve the second. He literally said this in multiple interviews. That he went into this knowing that every time he gives a long winded speech, it confuses people and things just go his way. No real logic behind it. And I'm not, I'm not ad-libbing. I'm not filling in words. This is verbatim yes. what he said. He said, speeches work. They've always worked for me. This is the first time they didn't. So you just thought you would just go in there and say a bunch of bullshit that meant nothing in the same cadence and tone of voice that you did Dan's funeral and nomination roulette and this was just going to pan out for you with this crowd. These are, these are not people plucked out of, off of the street in big brother. These, these are big ass personalities already very well established, strong bonds and alliances. And their minds are very made up that your ass got to go. They have no, they haven't been living with you for 40 plus days. They yep. don't give two fucks about you, Dan. You nope. don't have these attachments to them. They're not brushing their teeth in the sink next to you every morning. They're not having breakfast with you every morning. This is a completely different situation. So the fact that like you just tried to recreate, like get lightning to strike twice, like I'm just blown away as to that was his explanation. Was I was just going to give a speech and it's always worked. So why wouldn't it work now? I mean this in all kindness and respect to Dan, but like I just thought he was better than this. Like I gave him a lot more credit than than going that's out. Where I, that's where my brain cannot let go of yeah. that theory because like mm -hmm. that's literally th this even his explanation like doesn't make sense. His speech didn't make sense. His explanation doesn't make sense. And None he's had of this months to sense. think about what he's going to tell the press in exit press. He's had months to think months about to it. Think about it. So all I can think of is like the only there, there's two there's two possibilities here. One of them is that this is all just playing everybody so that he won't get targeted immediately in the next thing he does. Or two, he's completely fucking lost it. Like he's talked about this on Twitch and his podcast and live streams so much that he's got like that genius insanity syndrome yeah. where like he's just talked himself into circles that don't make sense. But this feels like such a toddler like reasoning that I just cannot wrap my brain around it because like he, he, this is so out of character for him on so many levels. And if you continue to follow him or listen to any of his Twitch streams, or he's even like put out like blogs and stuff, like how to play big brother and like, you know, 
written things. None of this matches. No. At all. This was, it was like watching a bad AI version of Dan. I just, the only thing I can think of is that he was just playing at Big Brother speed and didn't understand. I mean, like, we knew he was playing slow, right? We've talked about talking playing slow. But it's like, this this was filmed in 12 days. 12 days. Like, two weeks of filming. Yeah. Max. That is, that is two evictions on Big Brother. Or sometimes week ones for a long time before modern big brother week one was two ass weeks that's only one eviction and it's like that whole time you had the whole time to mingle and build relationships and change whatever might happen before whatever eviction is happening like it was he i if he was playing at like five miles per hour when he needed to be playing at 60 yeah and it's like it doesn't mean that he didn't have the skill and know how. I mean, he clearly didn't understand what he was doing, so I'm not going to give him all that credit. But like, <laughs> there was just so much. And I think I'm like also disappointed because he said he had watched the last season. It's like, so if you watched last season, how did you not know how this roundtable was going to go? That's why like, none of this makes sense to me, Abigail. There's a piece that's missing. I'm, 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 I'm promising you there has to be something we don't know. He's clearly not telling us. Janelle's not told us. I'm not like throwing her under a bus. She just, she said a lot. Like, and so like, she, it's just something she hasn't explained and probably can't. Because he's going to be there. on Traders 3 or he's going to be on BB26. And this is going to be his proof that he doesn't have it anymore. I don't, that's just, that's all I got. That's all I have to cling to because. House of Villains. House of Villains. Maybe. House of Villains. He he's a contender for that. This could be that too. I just they don't really go after strategic. They don't care about strategy. Well, and on top of it, I did mention at the beginning, like he told multiple people he's calling it a career for reality television after this. Sarah and I are still kind of like because eh, he said that about it after like uh, BB fourteen and like yeah. there's been a whole conversation to go a little bit kind of sidetracked, not really. Um, with Big Brother, there's been a lot of talk about a possible winter season, and Sarah and I have been like, you cannot count on Dan for this. You cannot count on Dan for this. You cannot... Oh! Did we both just have the same realization in the same moment? No, this, I, this is exactly what I was thinking. Oh, okay, so you just saw the light bulb go ding, ding, ding. Yeah, so I'm, Big Brother 26, the only thing that makes any kind of logical sense to me is that he's got about like mm. he's got to fumble the ball so bad here in this like little nothing burger of a show to him, and that's why he was very keen on like correcting people like almost two time winner like I didn't win twice oh. I almost oh, that was so funny oh my but like God. I feel like that would make sense and then to keep fumbling the ball in these interviews and just be like I don't know what I did you know what I mean like I so that like it would be more for the strategy in the interview rather in the moment like in the moment I feel like he was just not there and as he had time to sit back and process and be like wow what a terrible move i just made <laughs> I, I that maybe know, I because even the way he was playing so quiet it's just none of it lined up it was yeah. like he was purposely playing bad and i'm not trying to give him too much credit here i'm just saying that the only thing that makes because if you follow like what i was saying earlier i don't want to be repetitive but if you follow dan for any amount of time there is nothing about the way he carried himself talked or strategized in this game that and 
I'm not comparing it straight to BB14 Dan. I'm not no. doing that. I'm talking about the Dan who goes on Twitch, that talks about the shit daily, that plays Among Us, that has talked about strategy and Big Brother-like games on his social media for years and years and years, as late as like just right before up until he went on the traders. None of his gameplay in this game matches that and what we know of. So the only logical explanation I could possibly grasp at is that this is a long play for his consideration of like an all winner season, a big brother or something, because otherwise, how do you not get Dan out as first boot? How else does he survive one week in the big brother house being Dan? I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that that is where I'm going to live blissfully ignorant. And my theory, I'm going to take that theory and just hold on to it because nothing else makes sense. I think I, I was more likely to see pink elephants walk down my street than to see Dan play in this way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It like, I think I just, we might as well like move on to like talk. Like, I think we could just like go talk in circles about this. Yeah. Forever so like, let's talk about the speech. My mind. Can we yeah. talk about the speech? Break it down. Okay. And again, stay with me because this is verbatim, like his reasonings that are not reasonings that his grand master plan is he walked in and he literally started his speech with the same cadence that he did Dan's funeral with the long pauses in his sentences to start, but he'd been looking at this person for a while and he has decided that they're a traitor for three reasons. And here he wants to lay out his evidence. So his first, his first point, there are a few people who have never had their name written down. And those people are Phaedra, Sandra, Shrey, Bergie, and Parvati. He said, that's not enough to convict anyone. So that brings me to my next point. Their voting habits. Who is voting in kind of a weird way? Well, Sandra has done that, but she always explains herself. Saray had one weird vote for John, but she explained that. Bergie just goes with the crowd, which, by the way, I think that was a total dig at Bergie trying to, like, indicate yep. that he's just, like, dumb. I agree. Um, Bergie, he just goes with the crowd. And he said, then there's Parvati. And he's still kind of like baiting the crowd because they think he's going to throw Parvati under the bus. And us, the viewer, only one vote outside the norm was for Kevin. But then she explained what that was about. And then we have Phaedra. And then Parvati does this weird like, oh shit, here we go kind of grin. And I'm like, girl, you are, that's not the way you should be acting nope. right now. Nope. Um, Her face is just give her away. Yep. She, um, she can be read by read like a book based on her expressions. Yes. Um, and I think, yes, Ugh, it's, uh, it's so frustrating. Um, and then he said, Phaedra has one unexplained vote for Sue. Not unexplained. She explained in the moment why she voted for Sue because of the Janelle thing. And she re-explained it there tonight. But anyway, I'm just saying like, th that's not a point. That's not no. evidence, Dan. Where you? So then he said, so that brings him, me to my last point everyone's reactions at breakfast and then he says like which one of those like talking about phaedra let's look at her reactions at breakfast then he recounts and reenacts basically all of her reactions to every death at breakfast and kate interrupts him she's like 
I'm sorry, Burgalicious was problematic. And Kate, I don't think Dan accounted for. He was not expecting. Phaedra is sitting there cool and collected. You can tell she is fucking fuming, but she is just waiting her turn. And Kate is just, she keeps, she's like, what? Have you seen her? Like, of course she, have you, like, she's being too much. Have you seen her? And it makes Dan stumble and like stutter. And Kate just kind of keeps overpowering him this moment. And he just kind of like, if you had anyone, if he had anyone's ear in that moment, they lost him with this, with Kate just be like, are you fucking kidding? Because even Phaedra was like, is he being for real? I know. And I am looking at all of this and looking at these points and, and this case, if you want to call it that, that he brought, I was like, None of these things make any sense whatsoever. And I went hard at Larza for her non-logic logic. Right. Like, this person doesn't speak enough. This person does this or whatever. And I'm just like, well, that's flawed. Because then you like, oh, they're taking out the strong guys. Well, then what about Ek and Sue? Like, like I, I can call out, like, some flawed logic. There was no logic to any of these points whatsoever. And I'm like, you've been working on this all day. This this is what you've been working on. This this is it. This is what you've been. This was the master plan. This was your master plan. Because <laughs> the other thing you said Dan's was like, funeral, oh, she's so he extra. had a train of thought that people could follow. Also, biggest um, difference between this and Dan's funeral is that he did this with time for people to marinate and overthink it and dissect it before the voting happened, which is what ultimately saved him. You are delivering a speech that you have to change their minds right now. You have to change it immediately. There's no seeds to sow. There's no time to think about it because you wasted all day saying, I'm not saying shit until tonight. I'm not saying shit until tonight. And, and so you have this moment and this moment only the fact that he said went after Phaedra instead of Parvati. I was live on TikTok. I the scream I scrumped <laughs> because like it didn't make any sense at all. Um, loved Phaedra in this moment. Yes. She, um, by the way, if you, I did rewatch this episode today, I don't know what the fuck eyeliner is in her waterline, but it looks silver and glittery like. In your the in her water, I have to have it. I am obsessed <laughs> with it. But anyway, I even wrote that in a note. Like I need to know what the fuck that watery waterline eyeliner is. But anyway, probably like um, ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I would pay. I mean that in the kindest way. It's just like <laughs> take, it is gorgeous. Like I want to put silver eyeshadow on my waterline now because that is stunning. Right, um, anyway. I loved it. Um, and so then like everyone is just. You can just read everyone's faces like, what? And then Phaedra, I just, kudos to her because she stayed calm and collected. Her basically only response to him was, I do too much because you do too little. You're deflecting to me and I'm not going to stand for it. She also reminded the faithful that like Bergie's murder bounced back the night after he went very hard at Dan. She was like, is that not suspicious? Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Yeah, the whole thing. And everybody was just like, uh, okay, yeah, Dan's got to go. Yep. Well, um, I mean, Peter rehashed his plan. Like, he he reiterated how the reaction, I, I think one of the really important points was r- reminding people 
of the reactions that both Parvati and Dan, but largely Dan, uh, gave that morning when it came to um, uh, the, the Jesus Christ, the, the murder. Yeah. Talk. I mean, CT's like, Jesus Christ, why am I always getting brought up in drama that I'm never involved in? Which I said on Twitter that night, I was like, CT getting dragged into drama he did not cause. I mean, I will say this. That doesn't happen here. (laughs) Peter was way too hard in this round table. You didn't need to be. Dan just buried himself. He just like threw a couple scoops of dirt on himself too. Like you don't need to go this hard. Parvati does speak up and start to say like why she was so aligned with Dan was from day one. And then Peter kept interrupting her and be like, don't listen to her guys. Don't, this is all deflect. And she's like, can I finish? First of all, I went hard at Kevin for this Breathe. Breathe, Sarah. I thought I was going to sneeze. Oh. I went hard at Kevin for this, but, like, Peter needs to fucking check himself. Yeah. I am furious with the way he is behaving right now. Um, Yes, he's cocky. Yes, he's arrogant. Yes, he thinks that his shit doesn't stink. But the way he came at Parvati and kept interrupting her, I'm not okay with. Um, it was giving the same kind of energy Kevin was giving to Janelle. I'm not saying we all need to get along at the round table. Actually, I prefer that you don't, but like Kevin, you are clearly getting your way at this vote. Why don't you just chill the fuck out for a second? Like Peter, Peter, that's what I meant. No, um, you're good. I just wanted to make sure that everybody you. understood what you were um, saying. <laughs> but like, he's he again, doing way too much. To where the yeah. point, like, what I want to say about his master plan that he wanted, quit reminding everyone about your master fucking plan, because it could be very, very obvious that, like, there's enough people if you have 14 fucking people left, right? Totally. You're saying that you told three people that you were accusing that you and Janelle had shields, knowing that they would take a shot at Bergy, and out of 14 people, they just happened to take a shot at Bergy. If I was a faithful, that would look sus as fuck to me, because what it looks like to me is that you're a traitor, you knew Bergy had a shield, you put this plan into motion, and then you put Bergy's name down to to pin it on these CT, Parvati, and Dan. Right. Because that is such a very specific move. And if you keep reminding people of it, I'm sorry. I don't understand how that's not suspicious as fuck to everybody. I know. It's ridiculous. Um, It was a landslide vote, too. Like, was not even remotely close. Peter stuck to his guns, though, and and stuck with Parv. He was trying so hard. uh, And I think, and I'm not trying to give him grace here. This is not what I'm saying. I think part of why he was interrupting her a lot is because he was so adamant about actually, like, trying to throw her under the bus. And he's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, hmm that doesn't mean you get to talk over and her. Then, and then you keep saying like, guys, guys, they're going to murder me tonight. And if they do, I'm telling you right now, it's Parvati. Again, that doesn't make Parvati look guilty. That makes you look guilty. That yeah, does. It doesn't look good. No. It does not look good. You are like begging to be murdered. That to me seems like a traitor that's trying too hard. And you're not from these competitions. You're not strategic. You're not like this comp beast kind of strategy king. So to me, it looks like a newbie coming into one of these games and just overcompensating, let's say Christian from season one, and just doing so much that it looks sus as fuck. 
Yep. Dan did end up sticking to his guns and voting for Phaedra. Um, Which. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Seems that Phaedra um, is in danger now. She's in some hot water. Trishel, the smart little Trishel, has absolutely clocked what Dan did. The question is, what does she do about it? If anything, I think she's a serious question I have. And she's in with the faithful of the faithfuls alliance who have the numbers. But I think if anything, what this could do, what this could very well do is help Parvati because Dan being a traitor and Dan not throwing Parvati under the bus when they're here's the thing. If you're really like thinking like Trishel is thinking and you know, Dan needed to suss out a traitor and give the faithfuls a traitor to save himself tonight. And, and Trishel clocked that immediately. She's like, Dan tried to feed us a traitor. And so I think Phaedra is a traitor. And that's what I think he was doing. Because that move was so terrible, though, that would almost convince me that Parvati wasn't a traitor. Because if her name is being told to him so many times, like, hey, if you just like, she will go home. Yep, We will banish her. to. We will write her name down on the chalkboard. The fact that he didn't turn on Parvati, I think, is only going to buy her some time. I absolutely agree. And it's like, instead of having her either follow right behind you or go out right before you, you're you're actually letting her potentially run away with the game. Yes. Because now you put Phaedra, because there, again, no logical sense as to why you wouldn't, if you're going to feed the faithfuls, feed them Parvati. And if Trishel clocks that she knows okay well then parvati must not be a traitor then because he would say parvati's name and he was trying to give us a traitor to deflect off of himself and by saying phaedra's name i think phaedra is now in more hot water and parvati might have gotten to clear her name a bit i absolutely agree um, the only thing that I don't know is going to be where if it works in Parvati's favor is the fact that multiple times in this episode, she called out the new alliance that is very much formed, um, which is Peter. And I, I pray I get this right. It's five people. Peter, Bergy, Kevin, John and Trishel. Ooh, see, I, I think it. that helps her, too, because yeah. if you're looking at that, she's playing hard. And if she was a traitor and they were on to her, why would she fuel the fire? Why would she start beef? Unless but it could also just be bad. It could just be bad gameplay. It could huh? just be bad gameplay from a traitor, though. That a traitor is just getting antsy, right? But I think that she went. I think she was going into that when she like walked into that room, like, well, 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 like all of y'all, like when they were all in here, and she kind of like confronted them. I think she was playing from the mindset if she were a faithful, how she would react to these people ganging up on her. And I feel like between that and Trishel being in with that group. These things are really going to solidify to her people like, okay, she's a faithful who's been suspecting us because we've been coming at her so hard. Well, I do think that Alliance is absolutely going. She can work that in her favor. And I think it's not going to work in theirs. I think they are about to start getting picked off one by one. Then we get to the turret and that kind of changes things. Well, a little bit. But I still... Yeah, well, I still think let's let's do it. Let's do it. Dan is revealed. He is a traitor. Trishel clocks the Phaedra shit. Everybody goes to bed. And then um, uh, the traitors go to the turret and they're like, hey, who are we murdering? And Alan's like, knock, knock. Surprise. You actually can uh, recruit somebody tonight if you want. You got a decision to make. Go. 
But that's the thing is they couldn't do a murder and a recruitment. So now you're going into it two weeks in a row with no murders. That's kind of risky. It is wildly risky. And it yet is. they didn't they didn't even seem to give that almost any thought. They were like, recruit? Yeah, recruit. I get it could be the edit, but it seemed so like well. Definite. I see it from both ends because we have knowledge that Parvati and Phaedra don't. And that exactly. is what Trishel said. They Trishel doesn't know that, know that that she has a chance. So in Parvati's mind, she has zero chance of making it through next week unless she gets in with that group. And what better way to get in that group than recruit Peter? Yep. I'm, it's not that it was the only option. It's just she, I think she made the smartest option possible or smartest decision possible. He was um, the strongest. Does, he was the most vocal. And now he's going to have to eat crow because he, he's been so high on on this high horse, a faithful high horse. Now, I will say this. Yes, there is a chance he can decline. There is a chance that he says no. However, that's only happened once in the whole Traders franchise history. I'm pretty sure my my money would be on he doesn't decline no what I, you it's know, only happened one time before yes there was a lot of ensuing drama from it however if you ever get invited to be a trader you have to accept that's the move to make here um it's an easier game to play with your eyes open it's you don't have to work with the traders no nope. you can still you can actually be enemies with your fellow traders trader, yeah you, he could still throw poverty under the bus however once he's recruited, I feel like I feel like this buys Parvati some time. I oh, feel totally, like totally she that he if she plays help it right with the course. group and between I think here's what happened. I hope Trishel shares what her theory is with this group. That gives Peter an easy pivot to where they're like, wait, you were just really hard on Parvati and now you're not. Like, are you did you get recruited? You know what I mean? Like that would kind of be sus. But if Trishel presents the group with her suspicions of Phaedra, then Peter can then play into that as to why he thinks that over Parvati. And that's just, and they can buy, buy them some time. I, there are so many moving pieces that come with this. It's really what makes this show so fun. One of the things though, I'll say, I'm curious to see how it plays out is how... I don't even know, because, I mean, obviously we don't know if Peter accepts or not. Assume Peter doesn't accept, though. I would just be really curious to see how that actually, like, played out. Like, I know it's happened before, but, like, um, maybe not as much curious about how to play it out, but I, I really liked what Traders Canada did. This is all produced by Studio Lambert, by the way, so it's all the same production company in every single country. If everybody's like, why are all the challenges this? It's the same production company. That's why. Yeah. Get over it. It's is actually it kind location? of... Uh, most, I think in most places, I want to say there's one that doesn't do it in Scotland. Probably not like Australia. I, that was what I was going to say, is I think it's not Australia. But, um fuck anyway ADHD. um theories for next week i think peter's gonna accept oh my, my sorry my thought was that uh in canada sorry let me just finish it for two seconds my bad um they the option was become a traitor or get banished it was or like get murdered like you don't have a choice you either you either live as a traitor or you're dead and i was like i kind of 
like that one. But I do understand that that is kind of very, it's definitive. And then like it, but it plays into a role like, oh, so the traitors kind of have to decide on somebody that they would be okay with banishing if they don't accept it. Um, And then the subsequent reaction at breakfast when people find out about this. um, It's just one of the things that I thought about. And it's like, I wish we could have gotten another chance to see how that would play out, but I'm not necessarily mad that Peter would have the opportunity to stay if like he didn't choose to be a traitor. Just would be curious to see how that would play out. It is It is going to look pretty... Sus- I mean, actually, no. Peter made such a big deal about him being murdered that night that I think that him not being murdered is not going to be a surprise to anybody. No, right. I think that, if anything, he probably is going to have the most suspicion on him about being recruited. Or, or again, already being a traitor. If I was a faithful, he was. he's the one I'd be looking at the most right now. I, I would be. I have a. I, I go into these with different mindsets on, and one. You know, there's a big debate on whether or not the viewers should know who the like traitors are. You I should I know, like, in my opinion. I, I I like knowing. I like seeing the turret discussions. I like seeing the strategy and how they move maneuver throughout. But I can also watch an episode and watch behaviors and how and the round tables and stuff with the mindset of, I don't know who the traders are and he would be my number one suspect. Yeah. I he's, mean, he's doing too much. He's, he's going, the, he's telling me he's the fate, most fa- him and his posse are the most faithful of faithfuls, but none of them have been murdered. None of them have been banished. You hold the majority of the votes. You're the most vocal at the round tables and you are going way out of your way and just assuming that everyone knows without a shot, like, like we got some hint, like Alan came in and said, I will reveal who's a true faithful. And Peter's name was on. He is acting like everyone just knows he's a faithful. And yeah. for me, that would like bother me. Yeah, I get that. I think it's just like, I haven't thought about it enough to like feel either way about it. So <laughs> disagree. Um, anything else? Outside of this that you want to discuss, especially like Dan's uh, post. Phaedra's still pissed. Yeah, I know she is. They are filming the reunion episode this week. I cannot wait Um, for the the tea. I cannot wait. wait. Um, You could tell in post-mortem for this episode, Phaedra's like, she was hot. She hated it. um, I love, she had some great, she called him um, a creepy guy. Um, A recluse. (laughs) Like, I was like, damn. <laughs> and she she went on this whole bit and she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, from the moment he said my name at the round table, it was just, you know, from that moment on, it was go to hell, Dan. But that's how I would react to. So I can't say I blame her. Either. I just love her and I love so her great. delivery. I love everything so about her. Um, Dan thinks that Phaedra outsmarted him because she's a lawyer. I think or that's what he's saying i don't know what i think i think he got i think part of it was that he got out argued and it's like no you didn't have an argument no one argument didn't have i mean literally no one really bucked at what he said because it was so ridiculous it was more like it was almost as if the table just collectively listened to him and then just all went okay so anyways um (laughs) 
<laughs> no one really fed into it because it was so ridiculous. No, it, it, there was nothing. He didn't actually give people legitimate things to grasp onto. No, like I think I, I in. I think when if it, I was sitting there at that round table, it would be like, I don't even understand what the fuck you just said. Well, it blew my mind that he was like, I got outlawed. It's like, what you would lose if you fought a case of, in front of Judge Judy, you would lose. Like, yeah. if, if you went and argued this case in front of Judge Judy, she literally would laugh your ass out of that court because you came with absolutely no legitimate evidence. Just all no. circumstantial, nothing actually hardcore in, in the book. Like, it's like, Fuck, he's got to be doing like all winter season. He's got, he has to. I just think, I just think it's, I think Dan just doesn't have it anymore. That is my heart. Even opinion. if you don't have it, even, even if you are just so fucking awful, let, okay, let's look at season one. Um, oh my God, what was his name? What was his name? What was his name? Um, the political consultant that was always wrong. Quentin, I follow uh, him still on TikTok. <laughs> what was the name? Quentin. Quentin. Okay. He was awful at this game every read was wrong every, every single, single read was just so off this was worse than him i know and so i'm just saying like i don't i just have a really hard time thinking like believing this so that's why i'm just still not accepting it I but i think i have just accept i think i've come to this acceptance much quicker than you and i just pray you get there soon i <laughs> I no, I'm not because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold on to this theory like this is a long game thing because again my brain can't make it make sense just because like literally just last year Dan is not this Dan and so I know anyway I'm excited I'm excited for tomorrow night yes um or tonight depending on when you're listening I think it's going out tomorrow in the oh yeah yeah (laughs) Thursday night Thursday night um the episode times and when it's dropping has been so weird i'm getting uh, the last irritated. one dropped at like 25 minutes early you do, this is not how you drop episodes um if you are going to drop I, I i mean this in all kindness but i also like am kind of gonna be a bitch to peacock real quick um your timing has sucked all fucking season i'm sorry for dropping the f-bomb there um Usually I don't apologize, but this is literally like I am looking at you, Peacock, right now. The time since since day one has been abysmal. We were promised that it was going to drop at 3 a.m. or midnight Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern time. This was obvious. It was on Futon Critic. People who actually work in the industry knew how to find this information. And we were telling people, this is when it's dropping. You weren't telling people when it was dropping. So Mm -hmm. we were. Then from what I'm guessing, somebody on the social media team didn't get the memo and put 9 p.m. on that Friday. So the whole Friday was lost. All of social media that you could have had promoting this incredible three-episode drop. It was incredible all lost because yep. y- you couldn't put the time out correctly the f- the second episode we were all like oh my god the new episode episode four we're freaking out and it drops at like 8 45 and people are like i'm watching now some of us are getting spoiled on social media all of a sudden uh because we can't get to our phones fast enough to be like no 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 i don't want notifications 
and I'm not saying that happened to everybody, but like it was kind of a clusterfuck to try and like kind of avoid spoilers in that next episode. And now every single week, it's not dropping at nine. You keep saying it's dropping at nine. It's dropping at nine. No, it dropped at eight thirty. It dropped at eight forty. It dropped at eight forty-five. because of the like we like to live tweet these i go live on tiktok for these episodes for everybody likes to live tweet actually yeah and and yeah there's a lot of live tweeting and stuff and so it was really like we're not we're all at different times watching the episode and it's just it's been it doesn't i just start at 8 30 and keep watching i just keep it on my screen we're typically cooking dinner or eating dinner about that time so i'll just turn on peacock and whenever it refreshes and says like oh it's here i'm like all right let's watch it it just bugs me because like for us like we we will go on it's not just for this show for big brother when episodes are on when survivors on i do it for amazing race when these shows are on people who cover the show peacock we do something called live tweeting where we like interact in time with the people watching the show. So in order to do that, we need to be watching at the same time. Because if I'm tweeting something that Phaedra did and somebody hasn't even gotten there yet, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I just accidentally spoiled them, did not mean to spoil them. So I've been like picky with my tweets cuz I'm not trying to put out whole ass spoilers. It makes it hard for me to co- cover the show live. <laughs> it's making it so fucking frustrating. So I mean this in the kindest way and I'm so sorry that I'm getting a little heated. Please, please, please just drop these episodes at nine. Please just do that. It's it's really it's not a big ask. And I, I'm 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 not trying to be a jackass about it. It's not a big ask. Just please <laughs> Please, that's just my one my one thing. Otherwise, I've been loving everything. Thank you for renewing it. We mentioned that on the podcast uh, either last week or the week before. But Sharon Tharp has confirmed that we are getting a season three. Um, and as Sarah mentioned before, we will be getting also a live reunion. Not live, not live, not live. <laughs> not live. But we will be getting a reunion show that will be dropping on uh, March 14th uh, after Which the is, March 7th yeah. finale. Yes, March 7th will be the finale, and so the following Thursday will be the reunion. So excited for that. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, but with that, that wraps up this episode of Wicked Unscripted. So, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We're also regularly posting on our TikTok accounts. So, make sure you follow us at It's Abigail Adams, Sarah Talks Big Brother, and Wicked Unscripted, which I actually accidentally got locked out of. So, I'm going to get back in there. <laughs> post so many tiktoks from last week's episode and then I'm, they're like what's your password i'm like fuck <laughs> <laughs> so i'll get back in a minute um it'll be back soon but anyways uh follow those if you want the latest updates if you want to ask us a question share your thoughts or leave us a tip email the podcast at wicked unscripted pod pod at gmail.com for more that is wicked unscripted pod at pod pod at gmail.com I haven't screwed that up like that ever. We're always looking for fresh and diverse voices to join the conversation. So we encourage you to reach out if you want to join. Uh, And with that, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Derek.